This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Walked out of Dover, shaking his head in disappointment after a win slipped away. But one full calendar year later, he claims his monster victory with Hall of Famers Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon in his pit. Elliott took the win in overtime and moved one step closer to making a run for the championship. We kick off the week from our Charlotte studio with drivers Kyle Petty and Jeff Burton. I like this, Jeff, because I normally have to sit by Kyle. So if I start like hitting oh you gosh. or kicking you, well, because I have oh to, my like, gosh. I have to hit you or kick you. So if I hit you, yes. it's I am not going to mediate this hour show. <laughs> I'm not going to mediate between you two. But I did sit next to Kyle yes. uh, what, 24 hours ago. So I'm going to start with you. Just your kind of big <laughs> takeaway, your headline from the weekend. I, I think the, the the dominance of Kevin Harvick, uh, but then not being able to close the race off because of a bad pit stop and then or, or a loose wheel, and then uh, Chase Elliott capitalizing when that opportunity was yeah. there. I, I think for Chase Elliott, we saw it at Watkins Glen, yes. right? Yes. He got it. He had all that pressure from Martin Truex, and he still got it done. And then this weekend on two tires versus four tires, Which is huge. Great restart. I, I just great day for his confidence. Still moving forward. We keep talking about who's that guy that's going to be the fourth guy to, yeah. to, to contend for this championship. Maybe that was the day that they can look back and say this was the start of that run for a championship. Yeah, I, I, same. And I, I think Chase, the, the maturity that he has gained in 365 days. If we go back to this race last year mm -hmm. and watch him get beat and then come to this year and watch how he beats them and how he turns the table, you're, you've seen a driver come into his own in a year's time. Well, let's refresh your memory on what happened yesterday in Dover. 12 drivers, three races in this round. Determine who will advance into the third round. You've got to make every race count. Green flag, round two underway. Already Kyle Busch up high, and Harvick is going to take the lead away. Kevin Harvick, stage one winner. He's dominating here again today. Oh, Harvick's had enough. He's tired of following the 88. He'll see the green and white checkered flag. He wins stage two. Kelly, what's going on with the four? Harvick feels like he's got a loose wheel there. This is exactly what the four teams did not need. If Eric Amarola wants to win this race, it's going to have to happen right now. Eric Amarola takes the lead back at Dover. Those cautions come caution. out. There'll be a restart. There they go. Oh, 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 hit the wall. The caution's going to come out again. Overtime underway. Elliott has the lead. Great Coming job out of Chase two. Elliott. Out of turn four. Chase Elliott's going to win at the Monster Mile. So Chase Elliott delivers an overtime, scoring a critical win in his race for the championship. And after being eliminated from the playoffs last week, Denny Hamlin responds with a runner-up finish. Five playoff drivers in all left the Monster Mile with a top ten result. So where are the others? Well, you have to feel for Eric Almarola, who wound up 13th after being poised to win late. A disappointing finish for him. But for Chase Elliott, it was a thrilling one. He talked about the day with Marty Snyder in our burnout interview. 
You told the guys, thanks for not giving up all day long. How much of this win was about perseverance from the nine team today? Uh, a lot, man. We uh, had a penalty there early and, uh, yeah, fell behind and luckily had a good enough car and, and a good strategy to, to get back. So, man, what a uh, what a day. Just, just thanks to those guys, man, and that man right there in that white shirt coming over here because he has uh, done so much for me and wish my mom and dad were here. Um, but, man, it's been a hell of a day. Thank you, guys. Y'all are badass. I love it. The man in the white shirt, of course, Rick Hendrick. How about the redemption here at Dover? Last year you thought you had this race won with a couple laps to go. A little redemption today? Uh, definitely makes it sweeter for sure. You don't appreciate it in those moments. But to come back here and have the day we had and move on to the next round, not have to worry about Talladega next week, man, it's a hell of a day. So thank you. As a son of a Hall of Famer, Chase Elliott has fans everywhere, but his biggest fans are back home in Dawsonville, Georgia. And yesterday, yep, they carried on tradition and cranked up the siren at the Dawsonville pool room to mark another Elliott family victory. And in case someone got the wrong idea, emergency services in Dawson County, Georgia, actually made this public service announcement. No severe weather, folks. That siren means the Chase Elliott just won the race at Dover. Check out their avatar. They're using the Chase Elliott emoji. How about that? For the second consecutive season, Chase Elliott has advanced to the round of eight in the Monster Energy Cup Series playoffs. As he said to Marty, no worries next week at Talladega and the upcoming elimination race at Kansas. The big three of Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Schurz Jr. Well, they remain in good shape after that. Things get pretty tight as you move your way down towards the cut line. So, Jeff, anyone who watched the race knows Harvick had the dominant car. Uh, more on him coming up. But one of the questions we like to ask, especially when we see crazy closing laps, is how did our winner get there? Well, they got themselves in trouble. They had a, they had a penalty, had to yeah. go to the back, and it was a grind. I mean, to be honest, they had to grind themselves to the front. I thought Chase did a really good job. Uh, just working himself to the front. And it yeah. seemed like every time that we were showing Chase Elliott, his car was sideways. Yes. Like He yeah. drove that car to the front, and uh, just a really good job by him to, to be aggressive but also patient at the same time. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Jeff, Dover is a grind. It's a grind even when you're checking out on the field to hit your marks and make things happen. But to be put behind because of a penalty, because of a mistake that you or your team makes, and to then have to overcome that, uh, it makes for a long day, but they never, they just kept chipping away, chipping away. He had a good top three or four car, the way things played out, strategy, and like he said, thank all those guys over there for putting me in this position. I just realized, too, you guys know how tough it is to win at Dover. You both have done it. Um, so the fact that Chase was able to, um, you know, go there knowing, I mean, as a driver, when you come so close to winning there um, last year, is that, does that play in your head as soon as you go? I mean, yes, we had the May race. He's been back there since, but does that play in your head? I think it gives you confidence that you can go back and run good okay. again. Even if you get beat, you think, my God, I, just, I got beat by one guy last year. You know what I mean? I can come back and I, and I can. You're confident going in there. When you look at how he's always run there, he's always run really well there. So he, this is a confident place for him, a place that he can go back to. So, yeah, I think it, it eats at you. And, and you know you go out and you say, well, he passed me right here for the win. Or this is what happened. But at the same time, it's long gone. And I think how you lose matters. So if you go back and think about Chase Elliott, how many races he lost on late race restarts, yes. right? Well, he just beat Martin Truex at Watkins Glen in a in a battle, but that wasn't a two lap battle. It was a long, you know, a very long run to the end. 
It required all of everything Chase Elliott had, but it was over many laps. In this situation, this was the same way that he had gotten beaten so many times before, yes. in position, late in the race. Now here he is on two tires racing a guy with four tires, and he found a way to beat Denny Hamlin. And Denny Hamlin is not an easy guy to outrun on restarts, to outrun on the racetrack. So I think moving forward, I think that gives him a tremendous amount of confidence. And also – Pushes some of those demons away. Yeah. Pushes some of those late race restarts away. I, and I, I, I think that matters so much of how he won this race. Yeah, and and, th and that's true because we perpetuate those demons because it's like, well, here's Chase in this situation. He got his butt kicked last time. Remember two races ago. He, remember he's done it four or five times, and then all of a sudden he comes out with a spectacular restart with an incredible, and that pushes everything behind. So the next time you see him, we as announcers and we as fans see him up there, you're thinking, yeah. He's going to get it done this time. So I think it pushes – that's the big thing. It's a, it's the mental hurdle that he got over as much as any. And I'm glad you mentioned Denny Hamlin because he had something to say. Here's what he had to say about that restart. The, uh, the outside line was the preferred groove for the, the restart guys uh, all day. But, I mean, we ran a 23.70 on that last lap. Um, he is 23.60 on that older tires. That's amazing. Um, you know, I ran as hard as I could through one and two and three and four. It just couldn't get uh, beside him there. But uh, glad to see me and Chase can finish one, two here in a, in a playoff uh, race and not have any controversy. So happy for those guys. Having some fun there because, yeah, the next time Chase has to race his way um, into advancement, you know, he doesn't have to worry about the next two. So it'll be Martinsville. That's the next time. So, you know, redemption kind of being a theme for <laughs> yeah. Chase. I'm stirring the pot. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. yeah. that's okay. You, you can stir it because I'm going to stir it. Um, Chase never mentioned Denny. Uh, he, he he never acknowledged that it was Denny Hamlin on his outside that he was racing Denny and brought up those demons. You talk about demons from Phoenix and from Martinsville stuff, but obviously Denny thought about it at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. For Denny to make that comment, he yeah. certainly had her in his mind. Yeah. And, and and Denny's in a bad spot right there. He's racing a guy that is in the playoffs and he's not. And and that is a difficult situation to be in, especially if you're Denny Hammond. Denny, Denny, Denny Hammond's not accustomed to not being in the playoffs this time of the year. So it, you're in a little bit of a no-win situation because yes. if you're driving there and you're getting the side of Chase Elliott, you know, you're the bad guy that took a guy out of a chance to win the championship. I mean, that's a difficult situation yeah. to be in. So I think it was on Denny's mind. And, and Denny did all he could. He didn't cut him any slack, but at the same time, he didn't run up the racetrack and just use him up. Maybe kind of trying to remind fans to put some light into it of, you know, hey, I'm not necessarily, I was the bad guy maybe in that situation, not the bad guy today. Listen, I, when you're in the middle of that, you say and do things <laughs> you wish you had of right, yeah. but eventually you want to go away. You, you really do. And I, I think that we heard that from Denny a little bit. Yeah. But again, I, Denny could have driven in turn yeah. one. Intentionally overdrove the car, got in the side of uh, got in the side of Chase, and he didn't. He drove him with respect. Yeah. All right. Well, you just saw Jeff Gordon's face there in some of those video clips. There were some pretty big names in Victory Lane celebrating with Chase yesterday. His boss, I guess bosses plural, uh, had some thoughts on his win. I've been so impressed with him in the last couple of years, and we just could not put it together. I mean, we we lose it on pit road. We stay out, and everybody pitted. It, you know, we just, it just, it was almost like he was snake bit. And I know why he feels like he did, because he was there so much. And it was like you can't close the deal. And it wasn't really his fault. I think kind of going off of what Rick was saying with, with, with Chase, I mean, you think about how many second-place finishes he's had, how close he's been. And I, I think to Watkins Glen, just getting that monkey off his back, just being able to get into victory lane, recognizing that, 
you know, all the ingredients that it takes to finally pull it off is such a huge relief as a, as a driver. And, and now to be able to follow up that Watkins Glen win with a win here in the closing laps on a restart against, you know, a guy that had a little bit fresher tires, a guy you have some history with, I, I think that this only elevates up his game and that whole team's game of being capable of going and now closing the deal. Nice to hear from from Jeff Gordon. We saw Rick Hendrick having a blast where we yeah. were sitting, uh, you know, celebrating victory lane, just getting champagne, you know, doused all over him. But it's nice to hear from them. Yeah, I mean, listen, you you they have stuck with Chase Elliott, yeah. and they have given Chase Elliott a tremendous amount of support, and they believe in Chase Elliott, and they should believe in Chase Elliott. And so I think for them, this is more confirmation to everybody else yeah. that Chase Elliott can get this done. They believe from day one. Yeah, this is this. Listen, and, uh, and you know me, I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth. This is almost a little bit of a coronation here. This is the passing from Jeff to Jimmy, from Jimmy to Chase. It, it almost appears that way. When you hear Jeff Gordon talk, when you hear Rick Hendrick talk, this is our new horse. This is the guy that's going to carry us for the next 10 or 15 years. Yes, we're going to have other drivers, but this is going to be our leader. And I think Chase is embracing that. I think Alan Gustafson is embracing that role at Hendrick Motorsports. This year, they have been the flagship of that team. I just realized why Kyle is not going to like this, because you have to look at you actually have to make eye contact. Yes, I do have to look at you. So I hate insider this. insider information when he sits here, he just doesn't look at me, yeah. and then I go to Dale yeah. to talk. And that's So that's why I folks so at that's home. The tri- that's, that's the, the trick. trick. If you just don't look at me, then I won't. Yeah, then I'll. So Kyle's going to talk a lot, apparently, in this show. <laughs> I'm just so coming like up, this. we will uh, hear. You guys talked about Alan Gustafson. We're going to hear from Chase Elliott's crew chief, whose decision to keep Elliott out on the track on older tires paid off. What's the mood been like in the shop today? Sunday's race went from dominant to disappointing for Stuart Haas Racing. We'll examine what happened and hear from all four of the team's drivers. And we'll see if Jeff and Kyle can break down all 12 playoff drivers in timely fashion in a little game we like to call On the Clock. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. with kickoff at 8.20 Sunday night only on NBC. Well, an untimely caution brought out by teammate Clint Boyer started the turn of events that ended Eric Almarola's hopes of winning on Sunday. Our Dustin Long tweeted this photo of Almarola after the race. No other words needed. Boyer and Almarola later talked about what went wrong. Well, I guess we had another loose wheel. I mean, this sucks. Um, I'm so sick for Eric. It was his race to win. I felt really good about the position we were in, coming to, you know, 10 to go, leading, and, and with about a half a straightaway lead to Kurt. And, you know, just circumstances didn't go our way. And, you know, um, you don't get an opportunity to win races every day. And, and so I was going for it, and I got just a little too tight on the exit and got in the fence and then came down and got Brad and, and collected a lot of cars. So, Damn. I hate that it didn't work out. Our guys deserve to be in victory lane. And uh, we've had, you know, a few opportunities this year to do it and just can't seem to close the deal. So uh, we got to figure that part out. 
And first off, nobody other than Eric himself was more upset about um, Eric's fate than his teammate, Clint Boyer, just to point that out. But Kyle, um, you heard it there. Eric said, I think, the word opportunity two or three times in that interview. He knew it was sort of right in front of him. Is that what makes it so heartbreaking? I think a couple of things make it heartbreaking for him. I, I think Kevin Harvick has been so dominant in a Stuart Haas car. We've seen Clint Boyer, a resurgence uh, of, of what he's doing, uh, winning races. We've seen Kurt Busch run up front and win. He's the only guy over there that's not winning. He's with a team that gives him an opportunity to win. He's 34 years old. He was at DEI the same time Martin Truex was at DEI. He's only four years younger than Martin Truex. Martin Truex doubled his win capacity last year and won a championship. He sees things slipping away, and he looks over his rearview, looks in the rearview mirror, and here's 23-year-old Chase Elliott. So I think it's a lot of frustration. It's frustration of being at a good team and getting beat by your teammates and not putting that W on the board, and it's frustrating seeing younger drivers come in when you've been here so long and put in the time and have not won a race. But, but speaking of Chase Elliott, I think he could look at Chase Elliott and say, that's the same thing he was saying. I mean, he sounded like Chase yeah. Elliott, right? Like, I'm he giving did. away these opportunities, and... You're going to lose way more than you're ever going to win, but you need to win when you, you know, it's so hard to win these races. And I think right here, Eric made a mistake. He was just pushing a little too hard, but he knew that if he can get by Keselowski, he's going to be running third. Yes. If he doesn't clear Keselowski, he's going to be fourth, and you're not going to win from fourth. You can win from third, but probably not win from fourth. Yeah. So I obviously he pushed too hard and overstepped his bounds a little bit, but I can understand what he was trying to do. He just, had to clear Keselowski if he was going to have a shot to win this race. Well, and I think, too, because of how his season has gone, you know, we're talking about Dover, but we almost could kind of show, um, you know, video from what, day, the Daytona 500. Yeah, so many races. Uh, New Hampshire. Yeah. They're, they're, he's had sort of, and that's great, I mean, because he's with, he's, He's a factor. He's yeah. in the playoffs. The fact that we're talking about him, he's in the conversation. I mean, that's huge. But as a driver, you, you kind of want more. Yeah, and listen, he spent a large portion of his career at a team that couldn't win races and wasn't going to win races. And he won a race with Richard Petty Motorsports. But he spent six or seven years there. Chase Elliott's frustration was a little bit different. He was in a car that was expected to win. This year, he's in a car that wasn't expected to win because the Chevy has not been competitive, and he's winning. Eric Almirola is with a team. And we know the fickle fates of racing. The Ford may be not may not be the dominant car next year. May not be a car that's capable. So then you look back on this year with more frustration. That's why you have to strike now. And, and also the frustration you're in the playoffs. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if you win that race, you're in the next round of the playoffs, right? And so it really is a potential double loss. You lose a race, and now you have ground to make up uh, trying to get into the next round of the playoffs. So the pressure is so high right now uh, for. Never before yeah. in our sport have we seen the pressure on this many people yeah. this late in the year. This playoff format requires a tremendous, I mean, it takes a lot because it's constant. They never get a break from yeah. the pressure. Even The only person that has a break from the pressure right now is Chase Elliott, Chase Everybody, Elliott. including yeah. Kevin Harvey. Everybody else is on pins and needles going to, to Talladega next week, and this was their chance. This was his chance to forget all that and move on and win that race. Yeah. So it's like a double shot. Yeah. And Chase Elliott was more excited yesterday in post of not having to go to Talladega and do anything. He, he was more But I, I will say this. If not, but for this and for that and whatever, then we're sitting here talking about Eric Almirola as a member of the Big Four because he could have won three or four races already this year 
should have. He's, it's just circumstances have, have dictated that he had. Well, for a while in that race, it looked like the big four were the Stuart Haas four. They were running yeah. one, two, three, four. Uh, but when the wheels came off, literally, well, the wheels really did come off. <laughs> I can't control where the lug nuts fly. Um, you know, our Bush, Bush Beer uh, Ford was really fast, and we were just lucky there and, and wound up, um, you know, dodging and weaving and, and uh, being in the right place. So uh, maybe that, I guess that makes up for the bad luck on losing a race with an absolute dominant car. How much uh, positive can you take away from it, having won those first two stages and adding a couple of bonus points? Um, I don't really care about points. I'd rather win. Amarola should have won this. That debris on the back straightaway was there for a long time, but when they make calls like that, it, it seems like there's a tidal wave of crap afterwards, and nobody really ran uh, up front with the Stuart Haas cars today, so they went after it on the restart. So we'll take it. Top five, got good points, and we'll go from here. I just feel like the theme so far today were tidal wave of crap and demons. <laughs> I write down, like, words that keep coming up throughout the show. That's it. So That's it. take That's that it. for what you will, yeah. Uh, your thoughts on, uh, do you want to start with the Kurt Busch, Kevin? I mean, Kevin Harvick definitely had that dominant car. The fact that they were able to come back and get something out of it, I mean, they finished sixth, I think it was, but um, after, I mean, really, it was a deja vu of what he did there in May. They've got to get this fixed. I mean, this is a problem. Yeah. They've got to find a way to get it fixed. And it's not an easy fix. Like, you don't just... You know, great tire changers and tire carriers and jackmen, they're not just sitting on the, on, on the sidelines. They're all working for somebody. And, and maybe, listen, maybe their problem is can be fixed on the team. But as, this, as these playoffs move on, these kind of things will keep you from winning a championship. He, now, because they ran so well, they actually earned the most amount of points yesterday. Yes. Okay, so. Which kills my dad. He can't, he, that, that fascinates him. <laughs> Pisses him off. So, so he, so he, that's you know that's what running well will do for you today. So yes, it could have been way worse. The fact they earned the most amount of points takes some of that some of that away. But when you have a chance to win these races, you heard it from Eric. You heard it from man. They're hard to win. You need to capitalize. Here's the fascinating part to me: these issues they have almost always pop up when they're dominant. When they're dominant, you know, when they're out there just absolutely. So what, what goes on? What's the mindset? What happens? But I, I will say this. What I took away from yesterday from, from Stuart Haas Racing is that they brought four cars. They brought four cars to win a championship. They brought four cars to go to Daytona. All four teams performed at that level. Mm-hmm. They were, as you said, one time they were running one, two, three, four. Um, all four drivers performed at that level. But Kevin Harvick, once again, threw down notice yesterday, I think, to a lot of people to say, hey, we that first round we were here, but we come to play ball now. And and what's that? What's his thing? And when we when we play the clips, I want to put my foot on their throat and then press down a little harder. Right. I think yesterday he showed he's ready to put a put a foot on their throat. All right. Well, we know Chase Elliott did what he had to do in overtime to get the win, but it was a gutsy call from his crew chief that set him up. What led to Alan Gustafson's big decision? We went to the shop today to get the latest. We'll hear from him next here on NASCAR America. today was Chase Elliott. Chad Avery, your tire changer for the number nine car. We had great stops all day. It was a great day on pit road. Kind of wanted to just thank Chase. He really uh, killed it at the end. Um, overall, great day. Came a little bit from the back, but it worked out. 
Chad has been with Hendrick Motorsports for several years. Congrats to him and the nine team, including crew chief Alan Gustafson, who kept Chase Elliott on track to take the lead with a handful of laps to go. Despite having much older tires, Elliott made the gamble pay off. Gustafson talked about it today with Marty Snyder. Well, I found one very happy crew chief, Alan Gustafson. They win the first race in the round of 12. And I honestly thought when I looked at this round, this may not be a race you guys might win, but could you pick a better race in this round to win than Dover? Yeah, no, certainly the first one's <laughs> the best one to win, right? So, uh, and Dover, you know, it's a tough track. And uh, yeah. after uh, coming so close last year, it's sweet to, uh, sweet to do it. For you guys, when you think about this round, was Kansas the race you were kind of pinpointing and saying, that's the one where we're going to be good? Yeah, I mean, I felt like we could be really good and contend to win all the races. Uh, you know, Dover's been a historically really good track for us. And uh, Talladega, we've got really fast cars. But uh, the Kansas test went really well, so that got our uh, expectations a little elevated for that race. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I had to put them in order, I'd probably put Kansas first. But I certainly thought we had a shot at, at any of the three. All right, the obvious one is that you don't have to worry about Talladega this week. How does that change the game plan kind of for you and the nine team for the rest of this round? Yeah, I don't think it's going to, like right now it's not changing it much, <laughs> but during the race I certainly think that I'll have a little bit different mindset than some of the others. So um, not a whole lot. It's going to give us a little opportunity to uh, look a little bit further forward and, and uh, make sure that we're uh, uh, really good for the next round or buttoned up for the next round and, and, and uh not as so just micro focused on Talladega. All right, let's dive into the final few stages, then final few runs there at Dover. On that restart, for Chase to be able to win the race the way he won it, what, what does that do for his confidence for the nine team as well? Well, I mean, it was, it, you know, I was talking to Jeff on the way home last night, Jeff Gordon, and, and, and you know, he alluded to that. And the point that he made, which I think he's correct, is uh, if you make the decisions that don't go wrong, you lose confidence, right? Yeah. You're like, man, I made the wrong choice or won't do that again. If you make them and they go right, then it just gives you more confidence to be aggressive in the future. And uh, a lot of things go into that. Obviously, he had to execute the restart. He had to do a great job, which he did, you know, about as perfectly as you can. And then we had to have a fast nap of Chevy. And, and if we had a slow car, none of this matters, right? right. Those guys are going to jump all over us. So had a really fast car, so that makes it, uh, makes it happen the confidence this gives him moving forward how much does that help you guys because he did it on a restart and that's been a problem in the past sometimes for him and he's beat himself up for that yeah i think uh anytime you win and succeed is good right i mean yeah. you just it, it just validates all your hard work and all the things that you put through and and uh, certainly can't hurt but uh you know he's he gets that chip on his shoulder and when he gets it he's tough to handle and you could see it come out yesterday and uh, uh you know that's a good thing for us the old saying is you have to plan for success. They've planned for that, Allen, hoping they can make it to Miami and have a chance to run for the championship four. One thing for sure, they're in the round of eight. All right, it's time to play Monday morning quarterback, uh, which would be Patrick Mahomes if you're the Chiefs. See, we get it. I just want to make Kyle laugh. Okay, so we're discussing, you guys up in the booth discussing strategies, and this is something that when Chase joined us on the post-race show, you asked him right away. The fact he was able to hold off Denny Hamlin on those older tires. Were you surprised by that? I was surprised by that. I will say this, though. I saw in the Xfinity race, I saw Brandon Jones. They put two tires on, yeah. and they were able to, to, yeah. to have a good finish. The race the day before that, K&N race, actually that morning, yeah. uh, same thing. Somebody stayed out and were able to stay in the front. So, But a cup car has more power. Yes. It doesn't handle as well. It takes more tires. So I didn't really have a lot of confidence in it, but, but you know, Ended up, that was 100% yeah. the right call to make. Yeah, and it, look, 
like you say, you watch a K and N race, you watch an Xfinity race, you watch a truck race, and the trend may go that way, but the Cup car is such a different animal. It's really hard to just make that call. And and we have to go back to to really almost the restart before that. They made their call, and then they had to live through another restart, and they had to live through another restart. You know what I mean? So it, it, it kind of was laid out. And sometimes that's what what and and I think Alan said that Jeff said it best. You know, when you make a call and it works, you gain confidence. When you make one and, and it doesn't work, you lose that confidence. At the same time, I think a lot of things have to fall just right. This guy's got four. This guy's got two. This guy didn't take any. There's six cars between me and him. There's a caution. How does that all play? It played out perfectly. But then he had to perform perfectly because when it come down to one-on-one, he had to beat Denny Hamlin. Yeah. I, this, this opens a playbook up for Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because now Allen can say, if I give my guy a shot with a good race car and I get him two tires, he trusts me to go make something happen. And I just saw him make it happen. So I think this changes the playbook for what Allen can do in late races coming up into the race. Playing especially into that confidence that he talked about. Yes, for sure. All right, coming up following Sunday's round of 12 opener at Dover, what's the outlook for each playoff contender? Jeff and Kyle will tell us as they go on the clock when NASCAR America continues. Chris, as you can imagine, a lot of happy folks here at Hendrick Motorsports. After Chase Elliott's big win at Dover, they advanced to the round of eight. You heard Alan Gustafson earlier in the show. Obviously, it takes the pressure off the nine team for Talladega, but I love what he said about how it allows the team to focus forward. Sure, they're going to pay attention to the Talladega and Kansas cars in this round, even though they've already advanced, but it allows them to pay attention to two brand new cars they're building for Chase Elliott, one for Texas and one for Miami. And as Alan said, we're planning on being in that championship for at Miami, so I want to make sure those cars are as good as they can be when they leave the shop here. The other team at Hendrick Motorsports in the playoff mix, Alex Bowman, and what a tough end of the race it was at Dover for Bowman. Looked like it was going to be a top 10 involved in one of the late race accidents. I talked to Greg Ives earlier today, and he said, yes, we're approaching Talladega as a must-win for our race team. But he made an excellent point. He said the best thing about Dover for us was Chase Elliott winning because now they've advanced and they can help us at Talladega. Also, Jimmy Johnson and William Byron. So all three Hendrick Motorsports team will be focused on pushing that 88 to the front and hopefully for those guys getting the win. I've told me I've been very impressed with Alex Bowman in the restrictor plate races because he's been very patient in those races. But on Sunday, I need him to be aggressive and I didn't want to dictate the pace of the race at Talladega. And real quickly on the part that failed for Jimmy Johnson, obviously it was 
was a left front ball joint for Jimmy Johnson and that team. It's a very rare failure, and there is concern now in the NASCAR community because there was a second failure at Dover at the end of the race. That's what happened to Clint Boyer. That was a right front ball joint for him. And now that's a NASCAR mandated part. All the teams buy from one vendor, and there is concern. Both of those pieces have been sent to metallurgists that there might be a bad batch of ball joints. So throughout the NASCAR community, all those pieces are being changed for Talladega and moving forward again, a very rare failure. But to see two in one race, that's a concern, Krista. Yeah, and that's definitely a story that we're going to need to follow. Thanks, Marty. One driver at the top, the other's at the bottom. That's the playoffs right now for Hendrick Motorsports. Chase Elliott into the round of eight, while Alex Bowman is 12th, 34 points behind the cut line. So during our practice shows, Jeff, Steve, and Dale Jr. put their thoughts on the clock. We thought we'd give it a try today, if for no other reason than to make sure all 12 playoff drivers get some TV time. So I'm going to stay out of this unless you guys need me to shout out a driver's name. I think you guys are going to be good. We're going to go from 12th up to first in the standing. So, Jeff, you start with Alex Bowman. All right, Kyle, here we go. 30 seconds apiece. So Alex Bowman, I think Alex Bowman has some serious work to do at Talladega. Yes. We just heard he cannot ride around and be patient. He's going to have to go and, and get stage points. He's got to run in the front, going to have to make something happen. He did a good job yesterday. He was in the right there all day long getting a lap down. Yeah. He kept fighting, kept fighting. Didn't quite work out for him, but he fought all day long, but he still got a hold of Degato. Yeah, look, you had eight seconds left, and I'm not going to need to see that call. And I, I've got, I've got, I yield my time I, to Mr. Petty. I'm on your time. I've got, I've got Kyle Larson, and I'm not going to need 30 seconds. Did he show up yesterday? Because I don't, I never remember seeing him yesterday. And yesterday was a time when I really felt like he was going to be a factor. I felt like all weekend long, this is a place that Kyle Larson and this team can elevate themselves, put themselves in the talk for that fourth position to be the fourth man, and then the big three goes to the big four. But they struggled all day long. To struggle like they did yesterday and have to go to Talladega, a lot of pressure on this kid. All right, I'm going to take Clint Boyer. Tough day yesterday. Tough day. I mean, he was sitting there in position two. If everything fell his way, he might could have won this race, and he might have been moving on to yeah. the next round. Hugely disappointing. This team ran well. Now they are in a hole also. Not that bad, though. They're only 10 points behind. Uh, that's enough ground for them to be able to make up. I think going to Talladega, I think what's interesting about Clint Boyer is that he's the kind of guy, we see him running the back a lot at T Talladega and then run to the front late in the race. Yeah. I don't think he can afford to do that. I think he's going to have to go to the front, try to get some stage points. Yeah. Look, you were right on time right then. That was perfect. Dude, this is so much fun. Okay, I got Eric Almarola, and I'm going to say this. Dustin Long's tweet yesterday, no words needed, pretty much summed up the day. But I look at Eric, and I look at the Stuart Haas racing, and I think, here's a kid that can go to Talladega, a team that can go to Talladega and win this race. He's won at Daytona in a cup car. He's won at Talladega and Daytona, I believe, in Xfinity stuff. He's run up front. He knows what Speedway racing's all about. He's got to pick himself up off the mat after yesterday and put all his focus on going to this next race because I think he can turn it around. And if he makes it into the round of eight, he'll be dangerous. We need a shot clock right, yeah. right here. So, yeah. so, I, I, so I'm moving to the next guy. <laughs> I'm moving to the next guy. I got Ryan Blaney. <laughs> so Ryan Blaney... Uh, they're, they're in good shape right now. Yeah. They've got really fast cars going to Talladega. They run well in the mile and a half. I think they're in good shape. In my opinion, with Ryan Blaney and this team, is they don't make any mistakes. They don't get caught up in the big one this weekend. They're going to be fine. Ryan Blaney is matured as a race car driver. This team is good enough to go to the next round. Having fast enough race cars isn't enough, though. They're yeah. going to have to have some luck. And if they get themselves behind, 
do they have that power to go yeah. win a race if needed? That's the only thing concern I have. Okay. And, and my next driver is Brad Keselowski. Okay, he was a teammate. So I do believe at Talladega they have that power. We, we saw uh, Joey Logano win there early in the year. We know that Brad may be, if he's not the best restrictor plate racer, he's arguably the best. He understands what it takes to slow down one line, shuffle over to the next line, lead it away, then slow it down and move back. He is the master of that. He has studied these tapes. He understands it. And I believe these guys, the three Penske teams going into Talladega, have a good shot at coming out of there with one of those other guys, one of their drivers moving on. All right, I got Kurt Busch. Okay. He is the experienced guy. He's won a championship that no one's talking about. Yeah. I mean, really, have you heard anybody no. say, even mention his name in regard to these playoffs? And I think we have all better start paying attention because Kurt Busch is doing – he has turned into the steady guy. He's consistent. Not doing anything great, but being very, very consistent – I don't know if that's going to get you to Homestead, though. I think that can move you to the next round, but I think to get to Homestead, if you look at how many points other people have, you might have to do yeah. something great. And I think that's my only concern with Kurt. As far as his ability, uh, experience, all that stuff, he's in really good shape. Can he win that race to get to the yeah. next round? I, good point. Now, I'm going to say something about Kurt Busch before we go. He's been so middle of the road, we didn't even have B-roll for him today. So I'm going to Joey Logano right now. <laughs> Joey Logano runs third at Dover. That's my biggest surprise coming out of Dover, is for that team to go there and run that competitive. We've not seen that. He's been a good sixth, seventh, eighth place car. They stepped it up a notch. Joey Logano is one of the few drivers that have been talking all week long. I'm ready to go to Talladega. 50-50 shot, I love going there. I love racing there. So when I look at that, um, I think about... Here's a team that's going to go there, that's winner there already this year, that knows what it takes, and I put him in that Penske mode, man. They're going to be tough. Martin Truex Jr. didn't win in his home track. Surprise. I mean, it was one of six one of home tracks. Home track. but yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> one of his home tracks. How many does he have? We counted 11 the other day. But, you know, I think for Martin Truex Jr., I, I think for him, I think this weekend is tough. Yeah. Because he can't really afford to just ride around and stay, you know, just stay out of trouble, but he also – can't afford to wreck. He's got a pretty good point lead where he is. So I think that's the hardest spot, spot to be in. I, I almost I, – I like being in that spot. Yeah. But when you're 10 ahead, you know what you got to go yeah. do. He's enough ahead where I think it makes them question a little bit. So what's important for them this weekend is just be themselves. Yeah. Just go do what they're comfortable with doing. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But don't change who you are. They have enough yeah. speed. They could go – they could go to Kansas and win that race. They have enough speed – just go race the way you would yeah, normally race, race at Talladega. Okay, and that's what Kyle Busch needs to do. He just needs to go run his race because it's obvious that he can go to Dover, struggle all day long, finishes in the top ten, and gains points. He goes from 47 in when the race started and has a terrible day and comes out 63 points in. Here's a team that knows how to make something out of nothing, and they continue to do it because they never give up. He understands restrictor plate racing. This is a place, I think, that he puts his name back up there in the top four or five for the big three. Kevin Harvick's in great shape. Uh, I, they're going to move on. It would take something yeah. amazing to happen for them not to move on. I think what Kevin Harvick and his team need to do is they just need to keep working on finding more speed. They have little bitty speed gains to make, but the only reason they have to make it is because their competition is going to be getting faster. So they're going to have to match that. But if they just find a little bit of speed, I believe they're going to Homestead, and this is the team you're going to have to beat.
they're going to have to fix pit stops, though. Yeah, pit stops will that. lose you a championship. All right, was that your phone that went off, Krista? I, 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 I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing. I was trying to set a timer. You went over. Anyhow, Chase Elliott. In. Done. It's over with. What they have to do, I feel like, going to Talladega and going to Kansas, and we brought it up yesterday in post-race, is maintain that intensity. Once you know you've already moved out of this round to the next, you can't just not go to Talladega and say, I got to go win. I got to go win Talladega. I got to go win Kansas. You've got to keep that intensity up so when you get to the round of eight and you, if you do make it to Homestead, that that intensity is still there. You can't put it on a shelf somewhere. How did we do? You guys agree. There was a couple of times you went over, but I couldn't get to my – I tried to set an alarm feature on my phone. <laughs> So that was my sad attempt at cutting this you guys This has been off. a fiasco. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> While the playoffs continue, there's been a lot of talk about 2019, and it's part of our social pit stop. Earlier today, NASCAR Scott Miller announced on SiriusXM that the driver-adjustable track bar is going away for next year, which prompted responses from several of NASCAR's biggest names, including Dale Jr. Denny Hamlin replied to Jr. tweeting, I remember those driver council meetings when we voted. All said no Except you were like, hell yeah, we need it. Too big of a band-aid that makes us all run close to the same speed, in my opinion. Hamlin's Joe Gibbs Racing teammate Eric Jones, as well as Clint Boyer, chimed in with their thoughts. So, Jeff, what's your take? Listen, I think the track bar, adjustable track bar, was a good idea to try. But I think at the end of the day, I don't like the adjustable track bar. And here's why. I think it hurts passing. I think that, you know, part of passing is that, you know, when you're setting your car up, Kyle, yeah. that you had to make a decision on what you wanted to do with your car. And maybe your car's good on long runs or maybe it's good on short runs. Now guys can take their car that's good on long runs and move that track bar yeah. up to make it blast off well. Yeah. I think this creates a scenario where we could see more passing on the racetrack. And, you know, I don't care how good the cars drive. I, yeah. I could care less. I, I want to see action, and I think that track bar takes away a little bit of that. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. I think the track bar needs to go the way of skinny jeans. They need to do something with them and get them out. I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> I don't have mine on. I, I don't want to see it. But I, I, I agree with you that we need to say, okay, that's what you got. You make an adjustment on pit road, that's what you've got to live with this next stop. I think it will create a different form of a different type of racing that we see, especially in those first few laps. You guys think Kyle Bush wish that change would have been made before Dover? <laughs> Just a thought. Oh, by the way, t tidal wave of crap, demons, and now skinny jeans if you're keeping track at home. All right, coming up, we will revisit Saturday's Xfinity Series race where Christopher Bell closed out the round of 12 by doing something no other rookie had ever done before. We will explain when NASCAR America returns. Christopher Bell won his sixth race. He has had more wins than any other rookie in the Xfinity Series. The eight remaining playoff drivers will now have their points reset to 3,000 plus the playoff points they've earned through the season because they have a new round. The round of eight begins in two weeks at Kansas. Christopher Bell will be 33 points over the cut line to advance to the championship at Miami. So, yeah, in Kansas, you win Kansas, you're going on to the championship four. Well, I think the momentum has shifted. Yeah. Justin Algar had taken it from Christopher Bell, yes. but now Christopher Bell has taken it back. Yes. I thought that I was I, I thought Bell was gonna win the championship all along, but then Algar jumped in there and I'm like, wait a minute, he's gonna win it. But Christopher Bell, in my opinion, he's taking the momentum away from from Algar these last few weeks. Yes, yeah. It, you know, the circle gets the square. He's definitely taking the momentum. But I look at Justin and I think Dover was a huge race for them. Stop the bleeding. They had had two really bad races. Uh from from 
the, the season that they had had. He's having a career year. I, we've talked about it so many times. His year this year mirrors Martin Truex's year last year, a career year where you double your output of wins, you double laps led, you double everything you've done in your career. So I think Justin stopped it. Now it's time to move forward. Cole Custer. Watch out for Cole yeah, Custer. If yeah. he makes it to Miami, we've kind of oh, dubbed yeah. him the Kyle Larson of that. So if you make it to Miami, yeah. watch out for Cole Custer. They're showing more speed on a weekly on basis. A weekly basis. Yeah, but sure. right now, Christopher Bell certainly has the upper hand. By the way, Bell is what I was looking for on my phone to cut you two off. There we go. Uh, on the clock. The sports veterans took the trophies and the headlines for much of this season, but the young stars have shown up in the playoffs. Will experience or youth win out in the end? We will discuss next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Live through the first four playoff races, Lee Diffie holds a five-point lead over Marty Snyder among the NBC broadcasters, Roto World's Dan Bieber, or Jeff Burton and Parker Kligerman round out the top five. And we heard maybe some foreshadowing, by the way, from Chase Elliott and how his future, at least in these playoffs, looks. With the, the strides that your team and you have made this season and now with the pass into the round of eight, uh, what do you think is possible uh, for this season? Uh, anything's possible, man. I, I mean, there's no reason why we can't make a run at this deal. Um, I thought we made a great run at it last year, personally. I felt like we went way further than anybody expected us to. A um, couple laps away from going to Homestead. So, no reason why we can't do that this year and get those guys a run. And we show you that because we're kind of teasing something we may be talking about more uh, this week. Youth gone wild. You know, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott have won the last two playoff races. <laughs> yep. What do these young driver wins uh, mean for the sport? Young fans, young racers out there watching. Well, I, I, the championship still goes through four champions. Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, and in my opinion, Brad Kay. You're still going to have to go through yep. them to win this championship. I, I Clearly, the last two weeks, young guys have gotten wins. Yeah. They put themselves in position. They didn't go out and dominate the races. They executed when they had to. But, you know, when you go to Homestead, you're going to have to win that race. Yeah. You're going to have to win that race. So they're still going to have to go through those guys. And I haven't seen them be able to do it consistently. I'm not saying they can't, yeah. but they're going to have to step their game up even more if they're going to find a way to do yeah, it. Yeah, and that's a great point because we've seen Kevin Harvick. We've seen Brad Kay. We've seen these guys, Martin Tricks, when their back was against the wall and they had to perform, they stepped it up. We've, we're talking Blaney and Chase and Eric Jones, those guys, they've won a race. Okay, they've not had their back against the wall. So I, I do agree. But I do believe that these guys are putting their name on the marquee, and it's up there in lights now. It was just a fantasy before almost. Oh, yeah, the youth movement. But now it's a big deal. The process is happening. Yes. Yeah. The process is happening. All right, a lot of fun. That will do it for NASCAR America. We're going to be back tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Until then, be sure to log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR for all of the latest news. Thought as we go away, skinny jeans. Have a great night. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. 
Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.